This is Forum. I'm John Michaels, Public Affairs Radio Director. Going to be talking to uh, Eric Weber and Ellie Heckel with the Union Gospel Mission in Sioux Falls, which has got quite a history. But I just want to bring up right away, because of the snowstorm last early Friday morning, Thursday night, uh, Eric and and, uh, Ellie, uh, you're probably seeing a lot more people coming in your door uh, than before. Yeah. So we give away free clothing and things like that. And as we do that, people are coming in for jackets and blankets and things like that to stay but, warmer. But to stay, too. And to stay, yes. We're getting more people checking in, uh, more people coming for meals, which is, um, we'll probably serve 300 to 400 tonight. I kept thinking that the uh, the banquet serves Monday through Friday, and, and you kind of, and the Salvation Army kind of take up on the weekends, but you serve meals Monday through Sunday. Yep, seven days a week. Three breakfast. meals a day. What are the hours on that? 5.30 to 6.30 a.m. for mm-hmm. breakfast, 11.30 to 12.30 for lunch, and 5.30 to 6.30 again for dinner. Well, quite often in the summertime, I'd walk through the area between the Union Gospel and the banquet and two three lawns with people sleeping on them. Mm-hmm. They can't do that today, can they? Not today. Um, they they might be able to sleep in the snow, but they're not going to want to. It's very cold and wet. So you'll get people walking around and doing, trying to find places for shelter. Library, uh, downtown, you know, they have those new buildings, the Sharapa places going up. And they'll try to ditch into anywhere, McDonald's or Hardee's. They'll go into those places to get a cup of coffee just to hang out for the whole day. There's really not any public bathrooms downtown, is there? There's no public bathrooms downtown. Now, that's a thing that I think Sioux Falls should invest in Mm -hmm. is putting a public bathroom downtown. Even if you bring your family down here, you want to go shopping and do some things. There's no bathrooms. Now, the only thing I will say when it's summertime is the Levitt is open. So during the day, if or while the concerts are happening, there is a restroom. I know that's down there. But my understanding is that they are um, closed during those yeah. you know non-office hours. Even the bus terminal, you have to go ask for a key. You know, like I say, San Francisco, I think, put one in, but it cost $2 million, and it quit working after three days. Wow. Yeah, well, if you go to San Francisco, they just defecate on the floor in front of you, like that, on the streets. It's that, just... I wouldn't have heard of that uh, a few years ago. A couple of years ago, I heard that the American Medical Association canceled their convention in San Francisco because they said it wasn't sanitary, and I said, what? And then I realized, and now it's just common, you know, it's kind of like, that's the norm. Uh, I hope it doesn't get to be like that in Sioux Falls. I've seen people urinate on buildings downtown. Mm-hmm. They're the usual suspects, mm-hmm. and uh, they can get by with it. But um, mental health is something we want to get into, and I, I want people to know you a little bit. Eric, you, you come from uh, uh, the state of Hawaii, but you, you did Union Gospel work in, in L.A. and California before you came here. Yep, so I've always volunteered at the Union Gospel Missions, and when I did come out to... Sioux Falls, um, I volunteered here too as well. And then three years ago, actually tomorrow will be my third year here. Mm -hmm. And um, we came into the mission with an idea that we either had to close it or save it. And we ended up saving the mission and doing really well. We, when I came into the mission, we were about to either sell it or close and it broke my heart. But now we have really come a long ways of dealing with a lot of the issues um, in in the public with mental illness, and we have community case work, community health workers now. They go out within the community and work with uh, 
people that are on the streets that are or going to be on the streets that are dealing with mental illness or they just need a hand up. We're not a handout facility. Um, we really want to see people get better. So we have programs uh, to do that. We're not the Band-Aid. We're more of a cast. We want to heal the inside out. And, and we know through the gospel of Jesus Christ that we do that first and then everything else they get because of our love for the Lord. And then it's just we, we share that hope. And if we're not doing our job, then they're not getting they're not going to get what they need all the way. Right. So we can give them a jacket and we can give them some food and send them on their way. But if we don't have a program for them to get better for rehabilitation, then why? What they've got to want to. Right. Absolutely. And I think that ties into the holistic approach. You know, when Eric came on, um, the Union Gospel Mission, we're the second oldest gospel mission in the country. So we've been around for 122 years. I was going to say since 1900, I believe. Yeah. So, and a lot of people in Sioux Falls don't know that. So the biggest thing that Eric and all of our team has done for the last three years is spread awareness on what we do. We are more than a shelter. We're not just a soup kitchen anymore. Um, and so kind of re restructuring and rebranding and strategizing, how can we address the homeless community in the best way? That's mental health, that's physical needs, that's food, clothing, shelter, all the things that we provide. And because we've re-strategized and developed the stronger programming and everything, we're able to address those issues. And our hope is that we see less homeless individuals on the street we want we want them to be in a program we want them to um, be able to go through um, our program so they can get the help they need but they have to make the choice to make that conscious effort and even if they don't come into our programs maybe it's not a good fit we then refer them to somebody else because we're doing more collaboration as well i believe it started back in 1900 the uh, fellow had been in the penitentiary for murder but uh, found the light. He was yes. pardoned by the South Dakota governor. Yes. And like I say, uh, there was a woman behind that, too, that uh, mm-hmm. started the Unity Gospel Mission. The, uh, he, he got that great big old building that used to be, uh, I think, a tractor auto parts supply. Yeah, Dakota Auto Parts. Yeah, yeah. You're using pretty much all of that building now. All of it. And yeah. we're starting construction on our third floor for um, families that are facing homelessness, too. So we actually just got the blueprints back, and we're getting approval uh, to go. And we had many donations come in. We're still looking for more donations. It's to really help the mom with a 12-year-old son and a 16-year-old daughter to be up there and to give them a place of that they can regroup and find hope. And what's amazing our third floor, that big building, it's an acre. So 43,000 square feet mm-hmm. are there. And we're going to use every inch of it. And the kids can't damage anything because it's made out of that old granite. <laughs> yeah, in old wood, right? It's a historical yeah. building. I mean, yeah. it's a historical building. And, yeah. um, you know, so, and, you know, we are looking to, we have to put windows in there. And mm-hmm. I didn't know the expense of windows are so oh, expensive. And I thought, whoa. Um, because, now that Sioux Falls has the right equipment to the fire trucks to get up, we have to have a way for people to get out just in case there is a fire. That's so. something I didn't think about before. You couldn't really do anything too much until you had that uh, that fire safety. Yep. We're talking to Eric Weber and Ellie Heckel of the uh, Union Gospel Mission. You mentioned two things, uh, hope and kids. 
And when you get right down to it, you, when you talk about anybody that's homeless still, there's still family, and that involves kids. And those kids didn't have a choice on who their parents were. Mm. They don't. Have, it's not their. You know, we don't choose. Yeah, uh, you're there, and there's you see so many kids at the banquet, and and the you're placed in that. Um, they don't have a choice. They're there uh, with those parents, and those parents, most of them, I would say, are single single parents, aren't they? Absolutely, and you know it's great. Those kids come in, and they find that they're loved and they're cared for, and. And they get everything, like they get to do art and they get to do reading and we make sure that they go to school. We had a a girl, eight years old, came in last year, never been to school ever in her life. We got her into school. She loves school. She loves to read. She learned how to read. They blossom. Yes. She absorbed. And it's like amazing. We're trying to make sure that the kids don't follow the same pattern as their parents. But then we're working with the parents that they're coming out of homelessness. So in the last three years, we've seen 41 success stories with the women and kids. 41. That means that they were chronic homeless before. That's five years of homelessness. They came to the mission in 2000. They left in 2001. And now they haven't been back and we're tracking them and they're doing really well. So that's a miracle for me that's like that we have made a difference because now these ladies and these kids are in school have jobs doing better and and being a productive part of our society i remember and it's been quite a few years ago south dakota was in a magazine as the number one place to live and they even put a sign on the highway and everything we were so proud of it but so many people came here with just enough gas in their tank mm-hmm. to get here in an old car mm-hmm. and we're sleeping in the car uh again they can't do that today they you know it's too cold out uh, with the snow and that type of thing they, you're you're lucky that you're there yeah, yeah. It, it's amazing and we have donors and supporters that are coming up apart and um donate the donations that come in is what keeps us moving you know you're talking about the bathroom situation Mm -hmm. um last year i just finished up our bathroom from 2021 uh to 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 this year and we put in a handicap accessible bathroom for anybody in a wheelchair and it's their own bathroom it's a 10 by 10 well, there's homeless people in home in, in wheelchairs more than yes. more than just a few. Yeah. You also mentioned. Well, I I want to bring it up is that uh, it was, and I, I hope it's getting better. But uh, one out of three homeless are veterans, and still, I think it's over twenty a day that commit suicide. Yeah, that's PTSD. that's sad, right? Yeah, oh. numbers going down, mm-hmm. but it's still but so is the veterans. Yes. Yeah. Right. So the numbers go down because the veterans are going down. Yeah. There's not too many World War II veterans. Right. So, you know, and a lot of PTSD and a lot of those things that happen, mental illness. And now that we have the tiny home program that's going to help several of them getting into housing and things like that. And then maybe they'll get some counseling and things like that. But I think that's what people need is support. (sighs) Well, they're there sometimes by choice. Again, they have to decide. Yeah. You can lead a horse to water, that's the old saying. Right. But yet you're still there, um, even even if they don't think about it right now, maybe a year from now, but they will, or two, or mm-hmm. whatever. Absolutely. But tell and us, tell us I about, was just going to speak real quick into yeah. that, because here's the thing. Um, we know and recognize that not all individuals are a good fit for our program, 
right? We understand that. We have a women's center. We have a men's center. So our community health workers, our case managers, and our directors do a really good job about communicating and having active conversations with the different um, other organizations and nonprofits in the community. So if somebody that comes in is intoxicated, they can't stay with us because we're a dry facility, but we can refer them to somebody else, right? And so um, we're just doing a really good job about having these conversations as a community so that we can better address the issues that they're facing and how we can help them um, and speaking into that. So obviously we offer three meals a day, seven days a week. That's for anybody in the community. We also do food boxes um, Tuesday and Thursday from one to five for anybody that needs a food box and then giving out hygiene kits, water bottles and other things that they need. You need volunteers. Absolutely. (laughs) All the time. So we're looking for volunteers Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. to help with meal service, distribution center, thrift store. And right now we need help before Christmas because that was my next question. Christmas Day, we are doing a clothing and toy distribution from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. So we're going to do give out so many clothing items and toys for those in need. What I like is uh, you have it divided up into age groups so that the kids can go in. And uh, there's so many businesses that help you donate to that. Uh, can we, you know, thank a few of them? Absolutely, man. Yeah, there's so <laughs> there's many. So like many. Um, um, <laughs> Shields. Shields. Yeah, they do a great job of helping us out. Yeah. Um, a lot of individual as mm-hmm. well. And then, now, if anybody is out there, they have a company and they have shirts or hoodies that say 2000 two on them or 2,000 or if you have a date, if they're outdated, bring them to the mission. We'll put them on people's backs and there'll be a walking billboard for you. Mm-hmm. If you're a company now and you're listening to this podcast or this radio show, do this. Make a shirt. Make a hoodie. Bring down a jacket or 800 of them. And you have... 800 people is walking advertisement for you, you know? And so you're keeping people warm. And so we know at the Union Gospel Mission, um, we need donations financially and also with the clothes and things like that because we don't sell a lot of stuff at our thrift store. We give majority of it away. And so we want to be part of the solution. So when somebody donates to us, it's actually going right back to on somebody's body, you know? I've been hearing in the news where they have men in women's prisons now. Uh, that won't happen at your place. You've got separate buildings. We have mm-hmm. separate buildings. And that works out pretty good. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of uh, volunteers for women that you need out there, too. Absolutely. Now, today is a Sunday. Uh, it's This broadcast is in the morning. Uh, you're going to have meals at noon and, and uh, tonight. Uh, how many people are we talking about on a, on a regular basis? Breakfast on a Sunday can do about 200, um, lunch around three-ish. Supper time is a lot more. We're the only place open downtown. On Sunday. On Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, they come in for meals, and, and our food is amazing. I have some of the greatest cooks out there. Uh, last Sunday, they had another turkey dinner. And so they did turkey stuffing, pies, uh, baked potatoes, uh, mashed potatoes. And, you know, mm-hmm. and Saturday was great, too, because my kitchen staff called me up and they said, hey, is it okay if uh, we, we set aside a plate of ribs for you? And I said, what do you mean? And they're bar- they barbecued ribs mm-hmm. and um, potato and salad. And, you know, so we're balanced meals. And we're trying to make sure that people are fed 
good. We never know when it's somebody's last meal. And so what I asked our cooks to do is don't cook it all together. You know, it, where I grew up, food did not have to touch, you know. So um, so I said, let's have a meat, a protein, and a salad, and a roll, or, you know, and a dessert if we have it. But let's make sure they're eating a balanced meal. You almost need a, a military uh, cook. We have one. <laughs> I was going to say, because I suppose you've had anywhere from five 800 people, maybe, on yes. certain days. Yeah. Um, Christmas coming up, again, tell us what's going to happen, on, you know, like you say, Christmas Day, because these kids would not have a Christmas. Absolutely. Without so, it. So we have a Christmas service. Um, that first, you go to the Christmas service at 11, 11, 11 o'clock. Yep, 11 first o'clock, one's at 11. And then you go eat, mm-hmm. and then you get your ticket, and you come over um, to the the other building where we have a men's area and a women's area and a kids area and everybody gets a helper so we walk them through and we help them pick out what they need um, from hygiene stuff to um, jackets and hoodies and shirts and underwear and socks boots boots yeah. you know Make mittens. if we yeah. can get that stuff we're able to give it out last year we served over 800 people for gifts and over a thousand to eat so it, not everybody came over is it too late uh this is what the 11th on the sunday is it too late for people to still register for that or no it's not too late all they need to do is call 605-334-6732 or they can email office at ugm com, and then i just put them on the calendar so like i said just remember Christmas Day, 11 o'clock, that's our first chapel, then meal service, toy and clothing distribution, 1 o'clock, and then 2 o'clock. So it'll be happening three times that day. That historical building really is great. You've got loading docks. you got, uh, uh, you know, like I say, a, a building that's not going to fall down. You could put as much weight in there as you want. But uh, uh, you say you're expanding. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we're, we're doing the third floor. Yeah. Um, and we also bought a baler. Uh, to bail up the old clothes and make sure they don't land in the landfill. Mm-hmm. And we were, we got a forklift now, too, as well. So with the baler and the forklift, what we can do is teach people jobs. There you go. You know, So nope. it's a regional occupational program where we can show somebody that's homeless that doesn't think they can, like, do it. And we can say, well, come and work on the baler for three months. Mm-hmm. And then let's get you better and then go get you a job that where you can use a baler or a forklift so now is there a fourth floor well there's the basement all the way up to the third so So you call it fourth floor yeah Mm -hmm. fourth floor yeah yeah. and how many square feet forty three thousand square feet (laughs) (laughs) now i remember fran almost throw that letter in the wastebasket do you remember that story where he was offered that building and oh yes and he threw it in the wastebasket, and then, uh, I mean, you know, like I say, it, it, it uh, must have meant to be. Now, mm. Fran, Fran, I used to talk to Fran, I think, for 50 years on his program, because oh, okay. we go way back to 77. What's yeah. Fran doing now? Um, I think he's just retired, and yeah. he's getting better. I know he had the surgery, and um, he's just, you know, he's. I think he's 93. That's what I was going to say. He yeah. was there for so long. And, and Yeah, 40 years. He did a great job. I mm. mean, um for the time that he was there and what he did and how he knew what to do, uh, he did a great job. Um, but we're different. We're, we had to move the mission in a different direction where we're, we're dealing and facing with all the mental illness and everything else that's going on. Um, a lot of people don't want to face that stuff. And, and yes, they're like, well, Jesus changes everything. I believe that wholeheartedly. But here's the thing. Not everybody believes it. 
And so we get to share hope with those folks. We get to bring that into their lives and, and continuously help them every day without judging them, right? So we know that if we love them, the good God would do the saving, not us. And so sometimes they don't, now we don't require anybody to go to chapel. We don't require it. Guess what they get to do? It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to go to chapel. It's an opportunity to stay with us too. They choose. Yeah, yeah. it's a choice. Because I remember, um, you know, how I got to South Dakota, in this area i had a drug problem my wife drugged me here i didn't want to come you know and so that's just how it is with a lot of uh people in in the the homeless society they don't choose to be homeless well you've been here three years and you were with the la union gospel before um they're spending a hundred thousand dollars or more per homeless person in california right now and i don't think anything's working uh what do you see from when you were there that we need to look out for here uh so that it doesn't happen here <laughs> entitlement <laughs> <laughs> you owe me right you owe me you owe me a house you owe me a place to live you owe me food you owe me clothes because uh, i breathe you owe me i want half of everything that you have a matter of fact, I love it when people are like, well, just get them a job and just get them a house. Well, if you're out there listening, that's your mindset. Why don't you come down and grab a couple homeless guys and move them into your house? That'll help us big time. And then you let them live with you uh, because it's so funny because they're like, well, that's the solution. When you have mental illness and you have a lot of stuff going on in your life, it is hard to navigate your life when you hit the bottom and you have addiction issues and you, you know, there's all those adversities that they're going through. So I always say to those folks that, you know, homeless is not a problem in Sioux Falls. Move them into your house, spend a month or two with them and, and see how that works for you. How many homeless, you know, they actually counted. I think they have a census of them, but I think it used to be 450 in South Dakota the last time I looked at it a few years back, but it's going up quite a bit, hasn't it? Yeah. There's more than 450 in I was going to say, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. think about all the, the people surfing couches because of the mm-hmm. new rents went up. You know, Ellie and Justin, they moved here from Omaha, and they said yes. They came here, and they rented a condo, right? Well, their landlord called them up and says, we're lifting your rent 400 bucks a month. That's everywhere in the country now. Everywhere. Yeah. And they're like, well, it's better to buy a house. Yeah. So they ended up, they were, after 16 tries, they got a house. Uh, but, you know, and the right house. And so it was a God thing. But you really look at the situation. It's just not happening to lower income. It's happened to all incomes. Mm-hmm. Many people are not going to be able to afford rent if it keeps going up. Well, especially with the groceries and the gas and everything else right now, it's it's uh, definitely more people uh, losing that middle class. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned the tiny homes. Yes. Tell us about that. So there's a tiny home project that's going on with the veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, they're building that. Um, I think when you have a tiny home project like that, you really have to have the, the services with it. Yeah, all the service, and I'm pretty sure they're going to have all the services and make sure these guys are getting taken care of. But in Los Angeles, they're all about buy somebody a house, you know, put them in a tiny home. But when you put a drug addicted guy into a tiny home, he's still a drug a drug addicted guy, you know. So it's not that he, maybe he can't do the tiny home. There's a lot of people that are homeless 
they if you give them a tiny home, they're going to leave that tiny home because their community is with the homeless people. So they're going to go where their community's at. So if you guys, if we move some of the homeless people, they we moved them away to the other side of town, they're going to venture back over this way because that's where their community's at. They survive. There's a system that they can survive in. Yeah. Um, but again, we talked before I started the program, every winter they always find somebody under the biodoc that just yeah. drank too much and didn't feel it and froze. Mm-hmm. And it happens every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're lucky it hasn't happened, you know, yet. But uh, on the other hand, uh, if, it, you know, we have to help our brother. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the New Testament, mm-hmm. uh, the churches, I, I know, work with you quite a bit, don't they? Yes, absolutely. I was going to say earlier you were talking, because it's Sunday, right? Yeah. Um, we host chapel every day at 7 p.m. and then on Sundays at 2 p.m. So we always encourage our uh, church family, the ones that partner with us, <clears throat> excuse me, to come and serve with us on a 2 o'clock on a chapel or come and serve with us at that 7 o'clock chapel. But we also offer discipleship, Bible study, things for kids. Um, so there's lots of opportunities. And we partner with over 500 area churches and ministries. So I, there's... I know oh, there's a lot, but 500, yes. Over 500 in within the, you know, kind of three-state radius, the Minnesota, yeah. Iowa, um, even in Nebraska. But, I yeah, Iowa's very heavy, too, with South Dakota. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, and we're and that's really like when you say thank who do we thank for Christmas? There's a lot of um our church family that we if we could do a long list even from like Thanksgiving of how many people we could thank. But um but yeah, there's lots of opportunities to get involved with our spiritual development program at the mission too. There used to be a rule of thumb if you had more churches than you did policemen, you were on the right side. Uh there's some places that don't, but uh a lot of churches are busy. They're busy. You know. I I have to laugh because quite often as fast as the city's growing, there'll be a cornfield and then all of a sudden there'll be a church and then, <laughs> then there'll be a, a Yeah, there'll be a church and a uh, uh, a school mm-hmm. and then a fire station and then all of a sudden the homes start getting built. Yeah. So there is development uh, plans, you know, that are going on. It's you look at you go to the east side of Sioux Falls Veterans Highway and you drive mm-hmm. down there and you look at the big homes that are going up and how many churches do yeah and you know we don't have a problem I always say there's there's three things that go up a church a park and a bank yeah, yeah. right and then the gas station yeah they gotta have a, they gotta have a park too yeah what is the main thing right now if you were to have a magic wand here you can Ellie uh, <laughs> what would be the thing that you could wish for right now. <laughs> I know what I'll say, but maybe you go first. Yeah, I, I can use <laughs> I can use two million dollars. Yeah, well, um, it would to, help. It will help, right? Yeah. Um, but my biggest thing is that we would have more community involvement, more okay. people caring and sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if if it's not, if you if you could do it financial, that's great too. Um, but if you can just come and spend time playing board games and spending time with people and really giving back to the community in a tangible way well i was gonna say anybody that's sitting home depressed because they're not doing anything i think they would you know find something they, they could do there that uh, they're not going to feel depressed if they, i i if have they a volunteer. guy that's yeah. a volunteer and mm-hmm. he comes down and volunteers um two times a week mm-hmm. and it's like a full-time part-time job and we don't pay him he just gets to volunteer and he loves it and so we need more volunteers. We need more people that will say, I'll be here two days a week. 
Yeah. I would say just to touch on that more consistency with volunteer service and, and, and we love people that come in once a year and then they want to do a serve day. Those are all great opportunities. But if we're trying to make um, an impact as a community, it takes all of us together to do our part. And, um, you know, right before Thanksgiving, we did hunger and homelessness awareness week. And this was the first time in Sioux Falls that we'd ever done that. We did a proclamation with the mayor. So we've, we did a lot as a community to say, here are the organizations, not nonprofits that serve meals. Here's the shelters. Here's all the resources that people can um, know about so that when you see a homeless guy on the street today, okay, on the corner with a sign, what do you do? What I would suggest at any city that you're at is to give to the homeless shelters that are helping those individuals because we're the ones that are the boots on the ground. We're the ones that are giving them hygiene kits, water bottles. We're the ones feeding them every day. We're the ones that know their name, right? So um, I know the instinct would be to give them $5, but $5 goes a long way when you give it to a mission or you give it to a shelter or another nonprofit that serves them. That's three great meals for somebody that day five dollars five dollars i can feed a guy three great meals for five bucks yeah having a more meal changes a lot of things eric weber ali uh, heckle we're, we're sorry our time is up but christmas is about giving and if you really want to see what christmas is like come down and watch the kids on christmas day at the union gospel mission yeah. that'll make you very happy I want to thank you both for being with us on forum great thank you so thank much, you so much.